You're listening to Wild Love Podcast, the podcast where we answer the questions you have about the ins and outs of planning your most special day. To submit questions for the show, follow us on Instagram at Wild Love Podcast. Welcome to episode two of the Wild Love Podcast. This week I'm joined by Nelson Wedding celebrant Rosemary Lilo. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, what's really cool about Rosemary is that um, we've worked together on a few weddings, so I thought that I'd invite her here to have a chat about how to select a celebrant. And I think obviously it goes without saying that selecting the right celebrant for you and your partner is really important. Yep. Um, when my wife and I got married, we were lucky enough that my brother-in-law was a pastor at a church that he married us for free, which was awesome because we were pretty strict on our budget. That being said, for a lot of people, a celebrant um, is something that they have to kind of factor into their budget and um, it's worth finding someone that really meshes with, with you both as a couple. Before we go into too much, um, before we go into depth too much with that, it'd be awesome if you could kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey as a celebrant. Sure. Um, so I've been a celebrant for, I think this is my ninth year. And lots, everybody asks me why I became a celebrant. And it was one of my best friends was getting married and she had, she's got three sisters, a couple of best friends, and I'm like, well, I'm not making that bridal party <laughs> cut. Yeah. So let's be a celebrant instead. Nice. I had been invited a couple of years before that to become a celebrant, but Auckland did this whole, we're not appointing any more celebrants. So I didn't apply at that time. But I kind of felt I was a little bit too young then too. I was only 25, wanted a little bit more life under my belt. And um, so now I get to do public speaking, which I love. Didn't realise so many people hated that kind of thing, but I, I love it. And I get a little bit of pocket money to do it. So it's um, a good little weekend side gig. Cool. So a, a big thing I've found with my a lot of my couples really, and I'm, I'm sure you've discovered this as well. Um, but ceremonies seem to be one of those parts of the weddings that couples don't always know how to make their own and yeah. to kind of um, personalise them. Whereas you look at the rest of the day, you know, everything from kind of getting ready right through to the, the reception, it's all about them, it reflects their personality and their, um, you know, who they are as people. Whereas the ceremony itself, it seems as though personalising it can perhaps be a little bit harder and it's probably one of the things that's not always at the forefront of people's minds. But I also think that people don't know that they can personalise it. That right. they have this whole vision of an American movie where they're in this massive church and a pastor or whoever is taking the ceremony or even somebody who's just got ordained off the internet and that it's not personal and there's this big script and it's going to last an hour and it's really boring. Mm. Whereas what I really try and tell people is that there's very few rules of a ceremony and we can make it as personal, as funny, as relaxed as you like. The ceremony is your vibe. Yeah. So, because from memory, there's only really like you know, one or two sentences that have to be kind yeah. of mentioned in order for it to be, well, on the legal side of things anyways, otherwise pretty much everything's kind of open to... I call the other bits the frilly bits, the fluffy bits. So you legally have to say, I insert full name here, take you to be my husband, wife, significant other, partner, whatever we're going to term your person. And that, that's about it. 
everything else is just a little bit of bling on either side of those sentences. Yeah. So in your experience, what's kind of your usual process when you meet you know, a couple and you're kind of trying to work out whether or not you'll be a good fit for them? How does that work with you? Um, try and figure out what they do and don't want from ceremony, whether or not they understand those things that I just mentioned, and then get their vibe. Yeah. Are they? I tend to be a go-with-the-flow kind of celebrant, quite relaxed, easygoing. I seem to attract a lot of couples with kids as well, um, even before I was a mother, and I think that's just the natural sort of easy vibe that I have. And I encourage you to date a lot of celebrants, yeah. you know, pick, pick your right fit. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you find that there's any kind of common mistakes that couples make in that selection process? Do they kind of jump to selecting a celebrant too quickly, as opposed to kind of shopping around a little bit? I think sometimes they're nervous about having meetings with many celebrants. That um, it's, it's a time commitment as well. Like It's normally about 45 minutes to an hour that I have with couples. Right. But it's a no-obligation meeting. We sit, we have coffee, we chat, see how they met, see if we've got the same sort of sense of humour. But I then always end the, end the meeting saying, please feel free, you don't have to book me. I do find that a lot of couples have already set their mind before they meet with me, so they, you know, they like me yeah. already. They've, they've viewed websites, they've compared, they've done that shop around kind of thing already. But um, yeah, some don't know that you don't have to book you. Yeah, I think that's probably a, a fairly similar, yeah, similar to, between the both of us. Is mm. by time I've actually gotten to that meeting point with with my couples, they've generally made up their mind. In that, in that regard, is occasionally getting them that are still kind of shopping around a little bit, but but generally, obviously, yeah, they've, yeah. they've kind of made their mind up. It's a bit easier with photography; you can see a, a little bit, yeah. see a style. <laughs> I suppose yeah. I try to convey on my website and Instagram and stuff that I'm a really smiley, yeah. happy. I, I've got a lot of laughing photos on my pages, um, and that's that's just the way I tend to roll. Yeah. On kind of the more practical side of selecting a celebrant and, and booking them, what do you think is kind of that ideal length of time to you know, before the wedding to actually book? I mean, the, the ceremony is obviously one of the most emotional parts. You want enough time to get to know the celebrant that you're gonna yeah. you're gonna have that sort of thing. And those, I suppose, those relationships can take a little bit of time to foster sometimes. So here in Nelson, it seems to be people book between three and eight months in advance. I'm used to Hawke's Bay in Auckland where they book maybe a year to 18 months in advance. Right. And that is because there's, you know, you. I think you've got to choose the right celebrant for you. So bookings can happen really fast and you your calendar gets, or your dance card gets stamped already and, and, and you're done. So um, I'm, yeah, I think the sooner the better. Yeah. Start shopping around. You can't get married without me. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you get married without the celebrant that you want, then maybe you're not going to have the right tone for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, but also if you end up not getting a celebrant at all <laughs> and just get a mate to do it, then you're just having a really big party. If, if you yourself weren't officiating a wedding, so a family member or a friend or whatever, what are some suggestions or criteria for things to look, you know, to look for in a good celebrant for 
Yeah, just to make sure it's not just another part of the day. So it's something that's really a highlight for the couple to, to look back on. So it's important that the person that you're sitting down with in that initial meeting actually listens to you, um, that knows what they're doing. So it doesn't matter whether or not you choose a celebrant who's got years of experience or is, or this will be their first wedding. As long as they sit there, they listen to you and they understand the legal rights of a ceremony and they get what you want to achieve. Do you want a 45 minute to an hour ceremony with lots of readings and lots of similar ceremonies within the big ceremony? Or do you want a 15 minute ceremony with you, your significant other and the legal witnesses? You know, you've, you've got to have that person that listens to you and understands your end goal. How does the pricing structure around celebrants work for, for you particularly, but also in general? Um, there are no rules. So just like a photographer, you, you set your own, your own price. Um, for me, I, well, I've been in business, you know, nine years now, so I've worked my way up. I did start really low. Um, but then also you find that people don't really trust the low prices. They don't feel they're getting quality. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a balance. So when your clients have gone through that whole you know, first meeting and the whole booking process, what are, some, what are some really important questions they should be asking celebrants that they're kind of prospecting? They should be asking whether or not the celebrant takes more than one booking on a day. Um, I tend to not do that anymore. Um, however, I have done three in one day, and it is completely doable. Um, but, you know, that's, that's a good question to ask. Um, they should ask, you know, how many um, weddings have they done, or what's their experience, if that hasn't come up in conversation already. If it's important to them, they should ask the celebrant what they wear on the day because some, some of my couples want me to match the bridal party, some people want me to blend in, some people don't want me to wear black, you know, that's for, for varying couples, that's important. Um, also, whether or not a sound system is part of the package. That's a really important one, yeah. I think, because yeah. some, some couples really overlook that and then they get kind of closer to the time and they realise, shit, they don't have a PA and they yeah, kind they of need to. And that, sort that out. here in Nelson, it's normally a backyard wedding. Yeah. It's very rare that you're at a venue and maybe the venue doesn't even have the sound system. Yeah. Um, so part of what I offer now is a PA system that runs off Bluetooth. You've got access to my Spotify account, my microphone, and that's you know got got you covered for your pre-ceremony music and your in-ceremony music and then some background noise until you know I sort of toddle off. Um, some celebrants also like to stay for the reception. I don't often, um, I'm not, I don't often get invited but if I do I, I usually politely decline. Um, but some people think that's part of the package. And pens, I provide some very styly pens to sign the <laughs> license with. Um, however, I didn't in the beginning of my career, so it just depends on what your celebrant offers. I also don't, in my package, 
have a signing table. So you've got to decide um, what you're going to do about that and are you going to use a wine barrel or I've signed papers on a stump. <laughs> I've also signed papers on people's backs. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the little things yeah. that, that you've just got to take some time, think about other weddings that you've been to and what you did like and what you didn't like and go from there. Another good question to ask a celebrant is whether or not they require a deposit. Yeah, that's actually a good one. Is it, I mean, I know most wedding vendors require deposits, do, do typically most? Um, it's split between my celebrant com community. I myself do, yeah. um, but some of my friends don't. So it's, yeah, it's very independent. It's an independent choice. One of the things that a couple of my clients have asked is kind of why deposits are taken. Um, and I know generally it's, it's more or less the same reason. For me, um, obviously if I book a wedding on a day, that's my entire day out. I don't have a choice to take any more weddings. If a wedding gets cancelled or, you know, rescheduled, yeah, yeah that's you know, kind of a loss of income, which is a real... You also real potentially thing. can't reschedule yourself if it's been rescheduled. Yeah, exactly. Um, For me, I take a deposit because I'm doing work before your ceremony even takes place. Yeah, The true. photographer is the, the other end and I'm the, the front end and yeah. I've, I make sure that I, um, I write your ceremony from scratch. It's a, it's a new ceremony. I handcraft each ceremony with care um, and that's, for me, that's why I take a deposit because it takes a lot of time. So during ceremonies now or at the beginning, there's generally a housekeeping rule that yes. there's no phones on and not even on silent because phones vibrate. Yeah. Um, so be clear with your celebrant about what you want from your wedding photos and whether or not you want them on social media. Some people really don't care, yeah. um, other people are really strict on it yeah. and just don't want that, that bubble burst. They want to announce themselves that they're married because it's not, not real until it's yeah. Facebook real. And I think, um, I know when I, whenever I meet with couples and we've gone through that booking process, I always bring up you know, the whole phones and ceremony things. So I know for me, there is nothing worse than when Nana Betty brings out her iPad into the middle of the aisle, right at the kiss. <coughs> With that really big rubber yeah, frame thing. It's, yeah, it's always got a life-proof case or something. Oh, oh. But um, there's, there's nothing worse than that. And I know, um, so that's something that I always bring up yeah. with my couples now um, and really push politely push but um or if there is one person that one person who's allowed to take video then the celebrant should know about it yeah because <laughs> yeah. i get my mum voice on and i <laughs> i tell people off because that day i'm allowed to yeah yeah oh a good thing to check with your celebrant is because sometimes the bride is intentionally intentionally late yeah. so that's something to communicate to your celebrant and also any surprises it should not be a surprise to your celebrant. I'm great at acting. I did it all throughout high school, professionally trained. Yeah. I can act surprised. I do not want to actually be surprised. Yeah, um, yeah no, surprises are, are never good. Um, and I suppose your photographer should know as yeah, well. Yeah, we should definitely yeah. know too because that, yeah. that can really kind of 
catch you off. It, it's happened a couple of times, but mainly with the reception when there's like a hucker or something. All oh, right. That you're not told about. Oh, I've had a hucker during a at the end of a ceremony, yeah. and it was a surprise, but it worked really well. It was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it it, it always looks good, um, but it, it can kind of catch you off guard if you're yeah. not prepared for it. For me, it's things like little kids with the horseshoes and things giving to the bride after they've they're about to exit down the aisle. There would, yeah, timing-wise, if you're prepared for it, you can insert it at a particular time where it doesn't muck with the flow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I suppose another important thing is like communication-wise between yourself and your couples. What's kind of the the average or the general the general contact rate? I know for me, I kind of contact a year. You know, six months, three months, and then kind of every month um, leading up to the wedding. How does that kind of work for um, the celebrants I generally? I definitely embrace technology, and I will have an initial meeting, and then um, about three months before the ceremony, I'll then make sure that they've got their list of questions from me so that I can then start writing their um, ceremony. And at that three mark point, I'll be booking in a rehearsal, seeing whether or not, you know, that the, if the photographer wants to come along, because sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, and, you know, reminding them, them of the little things. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, I suppose rehearsals are another good thing to kind of talk about. I've seen a couple of questions on Facebook groups about rehearsals and the kind of process around them. What is the general rundown of a rehearsal? typically? <clears throat> I run mine kind of backwards. I will go through the entire ceremony first with everybody positioned where they want to be positioned and then once we've gone through the ceremony we will do some walking with some music for the ladies because they're the most important yeah. ones to get that their rhythm for the music but some people don't want rehearsals. Yeah. Um, most, most of my couples do and I do because generally we're in a backyard somewhere that I haven't been to before and it's nice to know I'm not going to get lost on the day. Yeah. So before we wrap it up, are there any kind of final tips or tricks or you know, just any kind of general advice that you haven't already covered um, for people that are looking for a celebrant? Just because you want a short and sweet ceremony doesn't mean that you actually want a short and sweet ceremony. You've gone to all this trouble to plan a wedding. A five minute ceremony is, it literally is five minutes. And yes, you can legally be married in that time, but it does deflate the day quite a bit. So between 20 minutes to half an hour is, is quite a nice ceremony time. Um, and if you're gonna get somebody to do a reading or a poem or during the ceremony or even at the reception actually make sure that they want to <laughs> <laughs> because there's nothing worse than somebody being asked to do some public speaking and that's their greatest fear yeah. or they're a crier you know <laughs> yeah um just just make sure everybody's comfortable in the roles that that they've got and don't be afraid to delegate because it's all well and good that you've got this plan in your head but if you can't execute it on the day because you're so <laughs> stressed yeah. then it's not, it's really just not going to happen. Um, so thanks a lot for coming and, and having a chat, That's Rosemary. Right. That's good. Before, before I let you go, let us know how to get in touch with you, your kind of website, social media, that sort of thing. So everything's my name. 
um, rosemarylelo.co.nz and Lelo is L-E-L-O. I'm on Facebook, Nelson Celebrant Rosemary Lelo. Instagram, Nelson Celebrant Rosemary Lelo. Um, yeah, that, that's me. Very contactable. However, I do try and put my phone down when I'm around my children because, you know, you should. <laughs> it's not always easy, but it's, uh, yeah. it's a good thing to do. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again, Rosemary, and we will... We'll see each other on the circuit. Thanks for listening to Wild Love Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And don't forget, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Wild Love Podcast.